Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Columbo. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik, and I'm joined by Allison Shoemaker for just one more thing. And if there was any show <laughs> we were going to end the podcast on, I think it's appropriate for many reasons that it be Columbo. We're talking about the, the first episode uh, of season one of Columbo, which I thought was the pilot, but is not the pilot, because there were two separate pilots before season one. Um, but season one, episode one, Murder by the Book, I think is, is the title, yes. Um, and... Um, mm-hmm. This is the not only because just one more thing, and it's you know delightful and fun, and not only because like my my affection for Peter Falk owns like has like no bounds for many reasons we'll talk about it, and not insignificant one is the Princess Bride, um, but because I feel like for a lot of people this has been like the quintessential quarantine show, and it has been absolutely delightful for me to watch people in the in my Twitter timeline discover both murder she wrote and also Columbo over the course of the quarantine and the, and the pandemic and everything. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, you, Alison. Did you like, what relationship do you have with this show? Had you seen a bunch of it before quarantine? Like how much Columbo were you like familiar with? I feel like we all have a, just like a sense in this, like the pop culture zeitgeist of, yeah. of Columbo, but did, had you seen the show? I mean, I had it. I I feel like for you're right, hugely influential. Um, and it's hard to not feel like you're familiar with the show, even if you've never seen it. But I loved the show as a kid. I was mm. a Murder She Wrote person, a Columbo person, and a Perry Mason person. Um, so imagine my delight at people also discovering Columbo and Murder She Wrote this year, and then also Grim Dark Perry Mason. Um, so <laughs> it's a uh, it's a great time to be Allison Shoemaker. Um, that said, I hadn't seen it in years. My quarantine comfort food hole that I fell down was first Murder She Wrote, and then Lucy Worsley documentaries on PBS, which she's the historian who dresses up in the costumes. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with her, um, and she pretends like she's time traveling and eavesdropping on the royals and stuff, but some. Sometimes she's also like Elizabeth I. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, so I hadn't I hadn't watched it in years. I mean, maybe in college. I probably watched some reruns in college on TV land or whatever. Um, But it was really, really good to go back. And I have no memory of this episode. So it was wonderful to watch it unfold, knowing what I know about the character and what the show would become. And um, yeah, it was, it was great. Especially um, having recently, you know, imbibed (laughs) so much murder she wrote. uh, It was fun being able to sort of compare and contrast those two because they're very different, but they have one thing in common. I love, which is something I think a lot of the, the great detectives of fiction have in common, um, which is that they're perfectly fine with it. If you want to go ahead and underestimate them, that's on you. Um, that's probably not going to work out too great for you, but you go ahead. You you go ahead and you think I don't know what I'm doing. That's going to help me out a lot. Thank you very much for your service. Um, it's it's the Jessica a classic Jessica Fletcher move, a classic Columbo move, and it happens quite a lot here. What about you? You obviously love Peter. I'm also a Princess Bride person, so like you, I love Peter Falk for that reason. But what's your relationship to the show? Yeah, I I don't remember watching it when I was younger, uh, or like sitting down actively to watch it. But I'm sure I had at some point. Um, you know, and I, I, we had a great, um, movie rental place, which I think has since shuttered at U of I when I was down there and they had uh, murder by death and, uh, oh, what's the sequel? The, have you, do you know murder by death? 
I know that it exists, but I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, it's it, for listeners. If you don't know, it's a parody of like the Maltese Falcon and stuff, but with Peter Falk as the Sam Spade character. Um, and there's, yeah. there's a, there's a sequel as well. And they're, they're absolutely delightful. Um, so I had seen that, uh, obviously I had like memorized the princess bride by the time I was like, I don't know, seven or whatever. I don't even need to watch it to watch it in my head. Um, cause I've, uh, seen it so many times and he's, Falk is very much channeling that Columbo energy in that, uh, in that performance as well. But yeah, the, the beats of it are very comforting and fun. And like you said, that, that lack of an ego is such a quintessential part of this type of detective story. And in many of my favorites, uh, favorite detectives. And it's interesting to, to see how, how the great detectives break down the ones that come to mind, because I feel like there's two big camps. And one of them is the, is this camp with the Miss Marples as well. And one of them is mm-hmm. the Sherlock Holmes massive e- ego near a wolf, uh, yes. As well, I would say Hercule Poirot is interesting that he's in both. Both, absolutely, because he's both. massively egotistical, but he does not mind being underestimated by like the other people. He, as long as like the detectives, like that, like at the like the people he's working with um, appreciate and like you know, like he's going to get that line, and be like, yeah, no, I he's going to savor that that bit of the person realizing that he's been onto them the whole time. Um, and, and it is such a different thing. It, it, that, that examination of the crime solving as a method of exercising and just demonstrating um, the detective's brilliance versus as helping people and being and responding to darkness and tragedy in that way. And this is very much, Columbo is very much, you know, that, that lack of ego thing is very much the characters who um are they just don't have that ego they you know like Columbo says I think it's in this one I right I watched a few episodes back to back where it's like me I'd like to see everybody die of old age um and there's just this sense of of righteousness to and, and also sadness and also like wouldn't it be great if I were wrong but I'm I'm probably not that that is so human and so just uh, it, it just it catches you and it keeps you watching um, and just, you know, let's, helps you just savor and enjoy these episodes. I really I, I've got a big place in my heart for the show. Yeah, me too. Uh, it was really wonderful going back to it. And when I the listeners, the way this came about is Kate said, so what do you want to do? Do you want to end on Lucifer? Or do you want to do one more as like a wrap up? And I said, well, we've been talking about Columbo this whole time. Let's put up or shut up and just do a Columbo episode and that'll be how it ends um, without even thinking about the just one more thing, which makes it that much more mm-hmm. perfect. Um, as I was watching this morning, I was like, wow, this is accidentally just a little bit poetic. That's really nice. And it's also a beginning and all, all of that cheesy stuff. Um, but I just, I also really love when these shows manage to have interesting murderers because sometimes the villains are actually not that compelling because you're so uh frankly obsessed with the detective but um in this episode i think because (laughs) that dude thinks he's a columbo and he's actually a that dude um that's really interesting and it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite um Poirot stories, which right now I am suddenly not thinking of the name of, so I'm going to pull it up. Um, but where the secret is, um, 
is being kept from the murderer, where you maybe, maybe start to figure out who it is along with the detective and it's the 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 murderer who's oblivious. Um so I love that tension. I love that there isn't who did it is not a mystery. The first mystery is how is he going to do it? And I guess maybe what is he doing? But how is he going to do it? And then the second mystery is how is he going to be um caught? Yeah. It's interesting to think about the different types of you know, ways of approaching these murder mysteries. Cause you know, obviously there's the who done it. You've got, uh, was it the sinner, which likes to do the why done it, um, where like, mm-hmm. you know, all along who did it, or you can figure that out easily. But the question is like, but why would, what would the reason possibly be? Um, and then for, for this, it's, it's much more the, how are they going to get caught versus, you know, so like we see them do it. And mm-hmm. and at least in the episodes that I have rewatched recently or, or just that I remember, usually the show doesn't waste our time with the easy to catch people. So you see them like yeah. cover all their bases. You see them, um, you know, I, I rewatched this one. I rewatched Short Fuse. I rewatched um, uh, Etude in Black or whatever. The season two premiere with Cassavetes as the conductor. Um, and you see him like catch the... Realize he's dropped the boutonniere and then come up with a reason to show up at the crime scene so that he can take off his coat and pick up his boutonniere from the ground. Oh, it must have just come off with my coat. Um, And you're like, oh, he covered up his tracks, right? Like, and how are you going to... And yes, this is terrible actual police work and detective work. (laughs) You don't go like, uh, they did it. Now let's find the evidence for why. That's horrible and not how things actually work in real life. But in fiction... It can be very satisfying. Um, and and I think this might be my favorite of those. Like, it, it takes a very specific kind of writing for me to really enjoy a whodunit. Like, you gotta... Like, that. that's probably the most satisfying, but it's also, I think, the trickiest to pull off. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, like, I, like, there are Columbo's that I remember. One, I think it was a Columbo. Uh, was it Shatner or somebody? His episode where, like, someone used a magnet... A floor above to pull the weights down on somebody they knew was weightlifting and strangle them with their own weights. You know, or that might have been a monk too. Um, but like, you know, like it's that sounds like a monk. <laughs> I mean, it might be a Columbo, but it sounds like a monk. Uh, but 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 like, how are how are you going to watch them catch themselves? And also, as someone um who like like my my aunt my wonderful aunt is a police officer and one of the things um you know that she that that I've heard from from her but also from other other people who work in various like first responders first responding kind of jobs is like yeah no a lot of criminals are really dumb really really dumb that's why they get caught so like watching this type of villain that so often comes up in Columbo where it's like, he's just begging to be caught. <laughs> he's like, literally just like sitting there, Columbo. Ah, well, clearly you should do this, 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 and this. And I'm very invested in, in playing cat and mouse and all of like, if you just shut up, you probably would have not had any of this, you know, come down on you. It might not have been, it might not have been, uh, uh, quite as speedy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but when you're acting incredibly guilty, (laughs) but it's great because you can tell that he does not realize that at all. It's a really terrific performance from, I just had his name, uh, Jack Cassidy, um, 
who was actually in three episodes of Columbo and never played the same <laughs> character. So that's a delight. Also very Murder, She Wrote. Um, because you can just tell that he thinks he is a total genius and that he it's like a world-class performance. Um, when really the world-class performance is Columbo. <laughs> Is Columbo just letting him think that he's getting... Yeah? Yeah? Okay. That's interesting. Ah, you know, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's why you're the writer. I've got a lot of phone calls to make, but uh, really quick, um, why did you open your mail? (laughs) So good. Really, really good. Um, Real quick, the the Agatha Christie novel I was thinking of is The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. um, Oh, yeah. Which is amazing. If you've never read it, it's so good. Um, And there isn't really like a terrific film version of it out there. So don't go looking for that um, because it's one of those that you have to read or listen to. Anyway, um, yeah, I I mean, I think he was great. I I mean, the best compliment that I can pay Columbo is one that everybody else has already discovered and which you experienced yourself, which is then I just wanted to keep watching (laughs) it. Uh, And I had to work, so I didn't. But yeah. Well, and I know that um, earlier in the pandemic, Columbo, when it, when it showed up on Peacock, uh, it was heavy rotation for Noel. Uh, and when, uh, earlier in the pandemic, he like watched like a bunch of it. Like, it, you know, it's so it's so incredibly watchable and it should get incredibly repetitive. And that's some of it is somewhat, but it it speaks to the writing and the direction. But I think most of all to Fox performance. Uh, that you can just I can just watch him do this all day long, and it's you know it's interesting as an actor. I think we should talk a little bit about some of these performances. We already talked about Cassidy a bit. He's just mustache twirling and smarmy and just like the most delicious way. It, the camp level is just where it needs to be. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it's per it's perfect. He's just so bad at this, and he thinks he's so good at this. And that's where the real pleasure comes mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, you know, I think that there's a lot uh, going on with, uh, oh, goodness, what's her name? The, uh, like, she's finding a lot in a character that should be very um, one note. And I think she actually brings quite a bit, like, at that that scene at the the theater and then over at the dinner she finds a lot there that um to bring a lot of humanity to that role uh that's barbara i think that's barbara colby thank you for the correction yeah lily lily right. that's barbara yeah. colby whose last name as it turns out is lasanka um I, thank you imdb <laughs> um yeah th- but but let's talk about let's talk about falk because i feel like it would be so easy for people to underestimate and underappreciate his performing is like skills as an actor because this is the kind of role that you could see a casting director just finding someone who just is that energy and just putting them in. They don't necessarily have range to do other things, but they're really good at this one thing. And that is not the case here. He's really, really good <laughs> at uh, like making an omelet and having it be absolutely hilarious and being like, please come over to my house and make an omelet, but also don't touch anything in my kitchen because I'm kind of worried you're going to break everything uh, at the same time. I will say, I think that it's both though. I think it's an incredible performance, but it's also really, really good casting. I mean, it's impossible to imagine somebody else playing Columbo, right? Just like it's impossible to imagine somebody else playing Jessica Fletcher. Um, 
I mean, there have been many Poirots, <laughs> but it's hard to imagine some of those Poirots. There's the there's the definitive Poirot. Um, there's the good one, and it's David Suchet. And I think it comes down to he does have the right energy. He does. He looks like he was born wearing that trench coat. You know what I mean? Like he looks he looks like he emerged from the womb as Rumbled. that Peter Falk and he's never been any other Peter Falk. Um but there are all of these little tiny intricacies and subtleties that make it so enjoyable and some of it's the physical performance, some of it is the ease with, that he brings to all of it, but also in this episode there's a really good illustration of it when he's ha- when he has the scene with the wife, widow. Um because the the both the first one where he's trying to be comforting but obviously is also still trying to figure out what's going on more importantly once he has figured out who the killer is when he is trying to talk to her to learn about them th- his energy is completely different that um sort of bumbling uh oh chucks don't mind me i've just got to go make some phone calls for this very handy list that you handed me that is folded in th- three that's that's interesting um to somebody who's really clear-eyed and focused and sharp um, because he doesn't need to put on a show. Uh, so both Peter Falk is a good actor and Columbo is a good actor. And that is really hard to do. It's really hard to ha- have a character give a great performance, but then also have his neutral be great, if you know what I mean. That's It's really hard to pull off, and he's so good. Watching Columbo switch back and forth between you know, watching everybody else and, and like when he needs to perform his bumbling thing to like lure mm-hmm. in the, 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 the killer. And when he gets to just do his thing is fun. But for me, the even, even more satisfying than that is watching him watch people. Oh yeah. The reactions throughout. Like, cause, and, and when you have perform performers, which is so often part of the joys of this show is the killer's, just being at 11 he's so subtle in the reactions just in the background it's easy to let your attention go to the bigger performances but if especially if you're re-watching or you know that kind of if you're re-engaging with the show then watching them watching him watch everything else it's just it's just so delicious i really love it yeah he's also really great at listening um, mm-hmm. which is another, I mean, a, a famously difficult thing to do for actors and you are not going to be any good at it unless you can, uh, good at acting, unless you can get good, get good at that specific thing, because it's the root of performance. Um, mm-hmm. and he is incredibly good at it on a level with, um, oh God, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a contemporary, like a, you would never want Chris Pine to play Columbo, but part of why Chris Pine is, in my opinion, the best Chris is because mm-hmm. he is an incredibly good listener. You watch him in anything, no matter what the movie is. If someone else is speaking, he is engaged. He is not upstaging them. He's reacting to everything that they're doing and he makes everybody else better. And that's what Peter Falk does. He makes everybody else better by virtue of his attention and, um, and all of that other good stuff. It's, I mean, I could go on about that performance forever. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the the episode we were watching was uh, written in by, I want to say Steven Bochco mm-hmm. and directed by Steven Spielberg. And quite Spielberg, a pedigree. Yeah. Said that considered uh, Peter Falk, he, he said, Peter Falk, I learned more about acting from him at that early stage of my career than I had from anyone else. So, you know, that's quite a, 
compliment to get. I, when I was watching it this morning, I put a little video of the opener on my Instagram because, because mm. I have to. Um, and not, maybe five minutes after I'd posted it, uh, a friend of mine was like, that that is mesmerizing. That opening shot is mesmerizing. I was like, yeah, Spielberg, baby. Like, that's not, this, uh, people like to talk about this being the sort of golden age of TV directing. And that's true. We've got some great directors working in television right now, but, um, but, but there were others who were great before. And this is one of the direction is so good. Yeah. And that opening shot, the, tr the pull in from looking out the window and you hear the typewriter keys and it pulls back and you see the office and jacuzzi on the typewriter. It's, <laughs> and it's genius. Well, it is just such different pacing, you know, mm -hmm. and I can see how I can see how people uh, could have trouble maybe with the pacing of uh, of of this show because it is so slow compared to what we're used to. Like it's 20 minutes or so. It might even be more before Columbo is even on screen. Um, and it's just the you know, that's just how shows from you know this. The episode we talking about, we're talking about today aired in 71. There was the pilot in 68. There was another pilot, I want to say, in like 70, 71 mm -hmm. before the show kicked off in earnest. And then ran until the 2000s, <laughs> um, you know, just a few years. Um, but like, it's like, we're going to pull up. We're going to watch the person drive their car up. They're going to park. They're going to get out of their car. We're going to watch some other people walk by. Then they're going to get walk into the building so that we can start the scene with them inside the building. It's like, it's such a different mm -hmm. pacing. Um, and I think actually that's part of why it has been so um, popular during quarantine is that's that pace, the slow pace is yeah. the contrast to some of the other stress going on in the world. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is a very different and sort of mesmerizing kind of TV language to watch for this kinds of a, this kind of a show. Did you have any other thoughts about this particular episode that you want to talk about or Columbo in general? Mm, I don't know. I mean, Sure, but we only have so much time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, I just, I was really glad to watch it as I was really glad to watch so many of the things that we watched over the course mm -hmm. of this 11 zillion episodes. Um, that's a transition. There you and go, Kate. We're going to take it because uh, this is episode 210. We've done 210 of these episodes uh, over the course of the past 15 months. Um, so I, I didn't prep anything for this and or warn you but favorite shows favorite you know episodes favorite uh streaming place memories um and of course obviously big shout out to to noel our co-host for most yeah. of the run of this and also to latoya who popped up so often with us on on, on yeah. lucifer um and to all the people who came and hung out in the chat yeah who, yeah it just it was very nice to be um to feel this little tiny sense of community and frankly scheduling uh, every <laughs> yeah. day, um, especially during 2020. So, um, so thanks to you, Kate, and to all of them. You know, I feel like I liked so many of the things that we watch that it's hard to pick, but I will say uh, I have thought about Avatar the most probably. Um, and it's the thing I'm the most likely to rewatch. Um, I was the most surprised by Keep Your Hands Off Izoken, and, um, and I have thought about the final moments of Lodge 49 at least once a week since we watched it, um, at least once a week, uh, and gotten very sad, <laughs> uh, e every time, um, I was just so excited 
to uh, to get you guys to watch that show. And um, and then I felt really badly that, <laughs> that it was such a wonderful ending uh, and then was never resolved. Um, so probably I would say mm-hmm. those. But I mean, what didn't I like? There must be things we didn't like. I mean, we didn't like Blue Balls. We didn't like season three of Lucifer. We didn't like parts of Gravity Falls. Yeah, that's true. But we mostly liked everything. Oh, I mean- also, Over the Garden Wall, which I will watch every year from now on, like you and Noel do. I will watch it every fall. Um, I cannot wait. I As soon as we finished it, um, I texted a friend of mine who is like, if you were to try to come up with his aesthetic as a person, it would be Over the Garden Wall. And I said, hey, you have to watch this basically immediately if you haven't already seen it. And he was like, okay, I'll go watch one. And then he texted me two hours later. He's like, <laughs> I finished it. It's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, because it's just, it's just wonderful. Uh, also, obviously, Murder, She Wrote, number one ladies detective agency. That was great. I have already forgotten the name of our other lady detective, but that was a lovely discovery. Fanny Fisher, right? Am I, no, Fanny. No, 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 no that's, that's Miss Fisher's that's Murder Mysteries. That's yeah. different. No, it's um, Mrs. Diana Rigg. Mrs. What's her name? Mrs. Doesn't watch the one. Yeah. The, the Dame Diana Rigg mystery, which I will be yeah. watching again. Um. You know, I, I I liked all of them. I even like Lizard season three because of Dust in the Wind, <laughs> and that's probably my favorite runner. So it was it was so fun to you know as as someone who had seen most of the shows, uh, it was you know you always get that fear of like oh well, maybe maybe it's actually terrible and for whatever reason I'm the only one who likes it. And then you know you guys in the ones that uh, you and Noel had not seen or most of the ones Noel had seen, but ones that you had not seen Allison, most of the time you were like, Oh yeah, this is really cool. And I was like, yay, good. Okay. Yep. Good. Cause like, you know, it gets stressful and I'm glad that Noel got a little of that experience for myself as well with, with Isoken, which was such a lovely discovery. And I got it with Lodge and that. Yeah. Lodge 49 too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Definitely. Do you have a favorite show? And I also want to know, and I'm happy to answer this as well, although I'll have to think about it. Do you, you have a favorite from this or any of those other categories that I mentioned or do you um and also do you have a favorite character oh that is that that's hard um no because they're also good <laughs> which is not yeah but if you're helpful. but if you're if you're forced to pick one if, if you're forced, forced to, to pick, pick one a character that's like the definitive character of streaming in place well I feel like the like I feel like okay, I think feel like the show that is the what that is the best exemplar of streaming in place is Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I feel like, but I feel like if I'm gonna go with a character, I feel like the so I had to pick somebody somebody from Lucifer because of that energy <laughs> throughout the the slap happiness <laughs> over the course of the I mean the fact that we kept coming back to that as mm-hmm. well, um, so that made it a bit more of a through line and. You know, Avatar isn't always earnest, but it's mostly earnest. Um, so, so like, I feel like you need a little bit more snark to fit with our personalities. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly there's a there's an Appa painted on my nursery wall, so I think we're gonna go with that one. Um, but it it's yeah, it's it, it, it we we had a good batch run of shows. Like, there it's hard to pick a pair. We haven't mentioned Legend of Korra yet, but I mean, how do you not? think of that as well as an option with all of our fabulous scoring and, and animation and the, the you know, interesting well, characters. And if we're talking about favorite streaming in place moments, the fact that 
y'all managed to successfully keep Korasami from me um, <laughs> all the way until the end was really, <laughs> that was really great. Um, also, Old Toph. By the way, my answer to this question is obviously Toph, because here's the thing. <laughs> Toph is the character, is a character from Avatar The Last Airbender who has the snark. So there you go. Mm -hmm. If there is an avatar of streaming in place, <laughs> it would be, it would be, it would be Toph, eh, fun? Yeah. Yes. Oh, 100p. Um, but there are the other The show I had ones. the biggest journey with, though, is definitely Lodge 49. Yeah. Well, in Lodge, if the other, if we were going to pick one other avatar of the pod i think it might be liz because of the coffee table like mm -hmm. that's liz had moments in lodge 49 where i was like "Ooh, big 2020 energy <laughs> um <laughs> and that was i i love her so i mean i also love dud what an idiot and i love ernie and i love them all but um mm -hmm. but liz dudley will live in my heart forever um hanging out with tough yeah. Goat. It's been a, it's it's been a hoot. It's been a blast. Yeah. Um. And we're gonna wrap it up there. So thank you everybody who's been hanging out with us over you know the past fifteen months. Thank you, Allison. It's been such a such a treat, such a joy. Um. And hopefully you guys have. I know, have had some fun with us. A message from friend of the show, Scotty Caldwell, who says, "LOL, my phone is dead and I forgot my charger. Please convey my love and gratitude to the group." So. <laughs> That's from Scotty. Oh, thank you, Scotty. And thank you, everybody else. Um, yeah. Normally, I say we'll be back, but we won't be back. We so, will not yeah. be back. Kate and Noel will be back doing the Televerse yes. sometimes. At some point. Eventually. Eventually. Uh, and maybe when Lucifer comes back, um, I can if the Televerse still exists, I can come on and we can talk about <laughs> Lucifer season six. Yeah. Great. That works. There we go. Um, and where can our listeners find you and your work online, Allison? If they don't already know, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Allison Shoe. You can find me on Instagram also at Allison Shoe. Um, and you can read my stuff mostly at the AV Club, but also other places. Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, I should say Podlander Drunk Cast, not Lander Podcast. And yeah, go listen uh, to Podlander Austin. 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 Um, which, I am anticipating with bated breath the uh, Bride and Prejudice episode. And I, I, I just, in my head, I'm. I have a feeling you guys are going to be like, it's fine. No. And <laughs> I'll, I'll put a set your mind at ease. We loved it. Okay. We okay, absolutely <laughs> loved it. I've been going, no life do -do 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 -do, without wife for um, weeks. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to listen to that. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you, Allison. Thank you, everybody else. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kate. Where can they mm -hmm. find you? Do you? Oh, I'm going to be like, you know, functionally non-existent and like, <laughs> like you can find going me on two hours of sleep, raising a human that knows yeah. that you should donate to NPR and recycles <laughs> and um, wh wh what uh, composts. And hopefully he's not an asshole. Yeah. That's what we're going to go for. Future not asshole calls it. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's what we're going for. <laughs> Keeping him alive and not an asshole and somewhat aware. Um, that's what we're that's what we're going with. So until then, bye everybody. Bye. bye.